Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Integrated Interventions Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler C., and today on the show, we went for a walk with the program director, Chris Garrett, to talk about the assessment stage of the program, what that looks like when, before students come in and what it looks like after they come in and how we use the assessment to create a custom fit program for each, each individual student. So let's get into that interview with Chris and learn more. Chris, so when a student comes to integrate, or actually even before a student comes in, um, we have a number of assessment processes that happen um, at the beginning of a student's process for coming to integrated interventions. Could you break that down just a little bit, starting with even like the online side of things? Yeah, I can, I can break it down a little bit. You're better off breaking down the online since you wrote it. <laughs> no, I don't know if I necessarily wrote it. I think you all wrote it and I designed it technically is how it worked. Gotcha, gotcha. So really what we want to know about students when they're coming into the program is who they are. Because when you custom fit a program, you need to know like what what kind of a person you're getting, what their interests are, um, whether they've excelled in college or not, whether they even have that as a, a goal. Um, you want to find out where they're at with their mental health as well. So really, it covers as much of the person's life as possible, just to give us a heads up as to who's coming through the doors. Not really to make a decision whether we want them in there or not, but to decide how are we gonna custom fit this program because mm -hmm. most people who apply are gonna come through our doors. It's, it's okay, we mm -hmm. can take them. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of people, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of different scenarios that students can come from. Um, with the assessment of somebody who is coming from like a wilderness program or a, um, different transitional program or um, an addictions program, would that look different than somebody who's coming in straight from um, home? Well, the programming piece is gonna look different, but, but in terms of the information they're providing us, it's good to know where they're coming from because a person coming from wilderness just had an intense, generally two to three month long experience where they're out in the woods um, doing therapy pretty much 24 seven and it's all yeah. experiential. So you would build a custom program differently around that person than you would somebody that just came from uh, a sober living program in Malibu. Yeah. Um, the, the needs are gonna be differently coming into the program. So you really wanna decide, you know, you know what does that look like? Um, so that's the point of the, of the online before coming in. So let's break down um, a little bit more what that will look like. So um, you talked about like um, some hobbies, you talked about um, even some like different uh, mental, mental health history. What are, what are some other things that they might see even like on our like application as far as like, I think you mentioned schooling or other, other things? Uh, well, I, I think if there's history with parents, uh, mm -hmm. adoption history, um, you want to look at their just behaviors yeah. growing up. You want to look at nutrition, where they're at with that, whether exercise is a part of their life, um, the, the types of, of foods that they're, they're generally into. You know, if you're coming in as a vegan, we, we don't want to go out and, and stock a house full of beef mm -hmm. as you come into the program. So <clears throat> all these things are super important for us. Um, religious background is important for us because if we're trying to help support you on the spiritual side of things, we need to know 
where that comes from, whether it's a, a Jewish community or a Christian community or, mm-hmm. or you know, Buddhist, it, it doesn't really matter what it is. It's designed to help us know who the who the individual is. Yeah, one of the interesting things uh, that we're going through right now is um, the diversity training, and even I think right now it's specifically for the LGBTQIA community. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that we talk about in our staff meetings is. Um, supporting students and you mentioned it a minute ago supporting students opposed to like guiding students into a certain thing can you uh, speak about that a little bit right right i mean most students are already going to come into the program with interests and lifestyles that are already established so our goal isn't to change that Mm -hmm. our goal is to treat you know the negative things that are going on in their life help them excel and become independent adults so so coming into the program we we want to support them with with anything that's positive mm-hmm. um, we want to help build on that and it also helps them to buy into what we're doing if, if we're just there trying to change everything and make it fit our standards mm-hmm. then we're, we're not gonna have a student that's gonna want to work with us yeah one of the things that um, uh, I can't remember if it was you or Terry said that stuck out was a student's um, lifestyle chores choice or a student's gender identity has nothing to do with them being able to um, work 20 to 30 hours a week out at the farm so that they can pay for their groceries or their rent. Right, right. It, those choices and, and those, um, those aspects of their life can definitely impact mm-hmm. their work situation and scenario. Mm-hmm. But it's not our job to change that. It's our job to help them understand how, you know, if you're, if you're a transgender person and you're presenting one way um, or you want to be presenting one way but you still look another way, that gets really confusing to employers and can make it difficult to get a job. So what we do is we work with the student to find the best way to present, to obtain work, and to show their work ethic, as opposed to saying, you need to change for the employer. Um, It's more about, this is how you present to get a job Mm -hmm. in the job field. Yeah, um, and then one of the things that we'll be talking about continuing on in this podcast series is um, what that looks like. Just real quickly, can you break down the process? So after assessment, after the assessment um, stage online, um, actually, let's, let's, let's stay here. After the assessment stage, uh, when the student gets here, uh, when they've committed to the program, uh, then there's another set of, I guess what we call assessments, uh, but using like spiral dynamics and stuff, there's another set of assessments that we do um, to build a kid, uh, students, I always say kid, they're not kids, they're young adults. Um, to build a young adults custom fit program, can you break that down? Yeah, so, so talking about the different assessments, so, so we definitely want to look at the student from a perspective utilizing spiral dynamics, and that's an in-program assessment that, that we use, and it's actually one that we use on a regular basis, so when you first come into the program, it's not like you're going to come in and sit down with a, a psychologist and run through a battery of tests. Mm-hmm. That's not what we're looking for. Most students have already done that, oftentimes multiple times, and we usually have that information anyways. Mm-hmm. So, so we want to find out where they're at in the moment based on the concept of spiral dynamics. So looking at the, the person as an individual, and we call it a whole on mm-hmm. in the program. Uh, we look at that person as, as an individual, and then if you can imagine a, you know, almost like a, a drawn out sun where you've got a circle with the, the person's name in the middle, and then you've got the rays shooting off. 
each of those different rays is a is a line of development for that person. So we we like to look at their their education, their physical fitness, um, whole range of things can can go in here. Their diet and nutrition, where they're at with therapy, where they're at with medications, uh, how they are at being social, making friends. So so all these things are different lines of development. And then on those lines are different levels. So, and generally with us, it's levels basically one through four, one through five. Um, five being most proficient in terms of, um, so if, if you're a social person and it's easy for you to go out and make friends and you do it because it feels good to you and you love impacting other people's lives, you're developing on a, on a level five. Mm -hmm. It's self-motivated, self-driven. If you come in and you really, don't want to interact with others you're you're an introvert and um, you're scared to interact with others there's a ton of anxiety there and you don't you'll you'll isolate for hours at a time and never talk to anybody you're probably operating on a two or three level there mm. um, so we want to we want to gauge that out with our in-program assessment and we do that generally on a weekly or bi-weekly basis with the student uh, so we can measure progress other assessments that will happen um, and this is a, a, a big one, but it really has to do more with education is the, uh, what's the name of that assessment down at the college? Oh, uh, uh, Strong Interest Test. Strong Interest Test, yeah. Yeah, and that's, that's a pretty generic thing. A lot of students have done that sort of thing in high school before, um, and, and some of them even in college, but it really kind of picks out what their interests are, where they might fit in the, in the work field or in the education setting, mm -hmm. and then we can help plan around their program with that as well. So, um, when we're looking at building a program for a student, uh, one of the things that we'll see sometimes with students is that a student will um, try to maneuver around the program that we've built for that student, uh, or I should say that, not that we've built, but that as a team, including the student and the parents and ed consultants and everybody on the student's team that we've built, um, students will then go try to go around that and maybe get a job before they're ready for it um, or you know go to school um, before they're ready for a certain type of class that we would advise them to go through uh, how do we then support a student in that way generally what we do is we try to hit it up front and guide them in the right direction for that mm -hmm. but often I mean we do have students that are more strong-willed of course that, yeah that will either just go sign up on their own or or instead of working at the farm decide to go put in 10 job applications mm -hmm. um, so I guess in, in a sense that's it's what makes us dynamic and custom is we can we can change to meet the students need if that student has a lot of energy towards working in the community then we'll use that as a learning opportunity they could get the job and work for three weeks and then quit mm -hmm. and then we have three weeks of solid work under their belt which would have just been fighting with any other program who would have been continually trying to force something that wasn't going to fit in the first place right right and help them learn from that situation yeah and i feel like um you know whether it be a student getting a job or whether it's a student um uh, signing up for school or whether it's a student that's just wanting to get away from the program at all, it gives us a, or it gives us the ability to kind of gauge. It's almost like them giving us a whole nother assessment. We get to gauge how um, one independent, but also how uh, I don't innovative is not the word. Um, uh, what's the word? 
just how like not, not street smart either, but like if a student can go and find a way to get an alternative ID on their own, or if a student can find the way, if a student can understand how to um, uh, sign up for classes on their own, or if a student can go and print out their own resume, go and apply for jobs, get their own job, but they can't hold the job, it gives us a... Um, kind of scale, kind of uh, understanding of where they are, um, even though they might have failed in that sense, we still have the ability to see how far they could go um, and then support them in that. Yeah, a lot of those, a lot of the skills that you're describing are like, the, they're applicable across the board mm-hmm. and you can trans, you can trans, translate or transmute those skills into other areas of their functioning as well. Yeah. So if a student can put that much work into getting a job, the student generally can put that much work into other areas mm-hmm. if, if you identify it and talk about it with them and, and talk about how they can do that. So it just gives us, you know, it gives us a lot of information. It actually, it's like showing your hand in poker. It's exactly. Like, like I've got all these skills that you didn't know I had because um, I'm guarded because mm-hmm. you're new. You're a new person in my life. I don't blame the students for doing that, but it's nice when they go rogue a little bit and show us show us their hand like that. Yeah, and even when a student um, fails in regards to like, let's say there's a student who feels like they uh, can go out there and they can live on their own, they don't need their parents, they don't need the program, they don't need the slower pace that um, this program offers um, our students into or back into adulthood, and then they, they come back and realize that they can't do it on their own or they don't have um, the skills that it takes to just quote unquote adult, um, it kind of puts us in a position to like help them understand that um, and then walk them through what that process looks like slowly. But I always see it with our students who are dealing with that or who are in that phase. Like there's this like moment of like, almost, I won't say grieving, but like there's this like time where students have to understand and that they get it. I feel like every student like feels it in their chest when they realize that they cannot actually do it, that they don't have the skills to do it on their own. Uh, you feel like you've seen that before? Yeah, it's, it's well, it's humbling for them. It's also humbling for us at times too, because I mean, we're generally walking right alongside them. And sometimes yeah. it's a skill that that I don't have mm-hmm. either, and, and we have to learn it together, um, or they have to learn it with another mentor who's proficient with that skill. Um, but yeah, there's it's it is it, it's it's almost a loss or a grieving process for them coming to terms with that, and then realizing that they're depending on somebody else. Yeah. Which, I mean, if there's anything most of our students don't want to do, it's depend on other people. Mm-hmm. And do you feel like that's because they've been doing it for so long, or what? Yeah, oftentimes that comes up, but it also comes up that they feel like they've been controlled and mm. forced to be dependent. Mm. Um, and, and we are really trying to encourage independence. Yeah. To learn more about Integrated Interventions, feel free to visit us on our website at integratedinterventionsllc.com. You can also give us a call during the day at 208 208- Six five one zero zero nine five, or reaches via email at info at integrated interventions LLC.com. Let's get back into the show. Oh, our interview was we got just... a 
first. Hey, we, got a, we got a puppy with us. Yeah, we have a, a, a new entrance to our interview. Yeah. A little, <laughs> a little one just came off the off the porch here in beautiful Coeur d'Alene. It's funny. I was uh, on a call the other day with a parent, and I was walking around town. Um, I actually had just gotten done speaking to a student. And I got on the phone with the parent and all of a sudden this deer came out of nowhere and like on the street was just like right in front of me. It's like, that's one of those like the beauties of being in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho that like are constantly right in our face. Like whether it be the wildlife or the, I mean, we're, we're right here in the community, which, you know, to a certain degree is it's really good, but it's also, uh, it can be challenging for some students. Uh, can you talk about that a little bit? Like we have students who um, maybe deal with the social side. Like if we say we build a program and we see that they can work really well, we see that they um, have really good uh, nutritional habits. We see that um, they are kind of caught up when it comes to schooling, but then when it comes to um, building a community, uh, building relationships um, here in the community, it, 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 it kind of it's kind of hard for them. Yeah, it seems like it's probably the biggest, one of the biggest struggles for every student mm -hmm. is to kind of find their place where they fit in in the community and go out, out on a limb and be vulnerable like that. Um, I had a, a meeting with a student today that it, that's the main focus of the meeting is, you know, it's not, it's, you don't just walk into a place and make friends. Mm -hmm. um, that, that's, that's not how it works. Um, even looking at the, you know, the social media age, yeah. a lot of people make friends on the internet and then meet them in the community at mm -hmm. some point. So, or they never meet them face to face at all. So, there's a lot of challenges with that. And, you know, our community offers a wide variety of ways to meet people. It's just a matter of finding what fits best. And that's, I mean, that's part of the point of all the assessments that we do. Yeah, uh, Tyler's always a go-to person for coffee shops. When I um, moved from Kentucky, where I'm originally from, to Kansas City, my like community was like coffee shops and like church. Um, and for some kids, it might be uh, Press Start to Play, which is like one of the gaming stores or like D&D &D kind of hangout spots. Um, for other people, it may be um, the music store. For other people, it may be the movie theater or the comic book store or the library. Um, but it's, it's, it's odd because this is such a small town, but we have the ability to kind of fit so many different subcultures here, I feel like. Right, yeah, I mean, even down to Coeur d'Alene's own Comic-Con, which happens once yeah. a year in, at the library. Like, people dress up, they, they get all weird, and we support that. Yeah, I think actually today is National Comic Book Day. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of. That's great. Yeah. That means there's a free comic book somewhere. Somewhere. I, I don't know when this is going to go out, probably later this week, but uh, yeah, it's National Comic Book Day. If that tells you when we're recording this. So, um, real quick, could you break down, because after this we'll go through all of the steps of the program on the next few podcasts, but can you kind of lead the people into that? What does the program look like after the assessment stage and after they build a custom fit pro, or after we build a custom fit, uh, fit program for the student, um, what comes next? Well, you really, what we're really going to be focusing on with a student that we'll most likely be talking about next is, is building work ethic and what that looks like. Mm -hmm. um, because that is really at the foundation of 
pretty much everything we do in the program. Um, when you look at all the different lines and levels of development, if there isn't a solid base of work ethic, it's really hard for that student to move up in their development because every, every level takes work mm -hmm. to achieve. So you, you don't just move up in levels arbitrarily, you, you have to work at it. Um, and I think most people can appreciate that and see that whether you're looking at your job, if you work harder, generally you get more recognition and you, you move up in your job. Mm -hmm. um, even in your social life, if you're reaching out to more people during the day and making yourself more available for friends and showing up in places where you might meet new people, you're gonna, you're gonna move up in terms of your social credibility and what you're doing. So, so that's, that's really what we're gonna focus on next for any student coming in the program. To get a better idea of what the day-to-day -day student life looks like here at Integrated Interventions, feel free to follow us on social media. On Instagram, you can find us at Integrated Interventions, and you can also search for us on Facebook by just typing in Integrated Interventions. We'll have links to both our social media information and our contact information in the podcast show notes, so feel free to click the links to find out more about our program. Thanks again for listening to the show, and we'll talk to you next time.